everyone, welcome to Handing the Shame Back, a show dedicated to the amazing survivors of child sexual abuse across the globe. I'm Gloria Masters, I'm the one that brings this to you every week. And I'm so honoured to have people who are prepared to come on the show and talk about their life stories and experiences with child sexual abuse. If not us, then who? It's got to be discussed. So as with all shows, there is a trigger warning and this is so that if you, wonderful person that you are, ends up feeling upset or anxious uh, through watching this, please do stop. Go to the show notes below and you'll be directed to some resource and support. In the meantime, have I got a guest for you? You're welcome. His name is Stuart Lord. He joins us all the way from Boulder, Colorado. He's a survivor, an educator, a social justice advocate, and I know there's more because, hey, there always is. So welcome to the show, Stuart. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So you're not going to get away with just that. We're now well, going to... doing this work. I mean, you, you're, <laughs> you're like a champion for all of us, and so... I really appreciate that you are using your time and your talent to allow people to tap into something that's very, very important and creates greater awareness. So I, I really want to thank you for your compassion and your love and your courage to do this work. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much, Stuart. You're very welcome. And, you know, it's such an honor. Uh, I I sit among all our beautiful survivors watching and hello, lovely ones to you. Um, so, Stuart, you know, thinking about you and what happened to you as a child, um, it would be really helpful for us to understand, you know, what you went through as little or as much as you feel comfortable this year. So as I was thinking a few minutes ago, that what you're allowing us to do is to is to speak and to share our stories because we couldn't do that as children. We didn't feel like we had a safe place. We were threatened. And so, you know, I can share this story without that fear. And that is a, a, just to be able to do that is a gift in itself. So thank you for gifting me that opportunity. When I think about, you asked the question, how did this start? I was 11 years old. I joined the Boy Scouts of America. And today there are over 81,000 men and boys who have filed a complaint in the Boy Scouts because of sexual abuse in the United States. And mine began when I joined the Boy Scout troop. My assistant scoutmaster, Lonnie Barnes, and I can say his name because it did happen. And he also confessed that it happened. And so, and I can talk about that at the end, but I, it was so much, I've been healed from his confession, but it all began because I never believed that he would confess. I was in the Boy Scouts and um, so I joined and he befriended me. Uh, he, I guess at that point, I didn't know I was being groomed, but I was being groomed. And so he started giving me lots of good attention and then picking me up to take me to Boy Scout meetings and then bringing me home from Boy Scout meetings. And then about two months after I joined the Boy Scouts, I became a paper boy. 
And lo and behold, who was on my paper route was my assistant scoutmaster. No. Not only did he have access through me to Boy Scouts, but also I had to go to his house and deliver his paper. And then I noticed I was getting large tips. And all that at first was like, you know, I'm getting attention. I'm getting tips. He's asking questions about me. And then he finds out that I'm in the foster care system. And I don't have a father because my foster father was deceased. And so he asked me, can he come meet my foster mother? See, so what do I say? I say, absolutely. You, you know, you can meet her because why not? Here's a male that's, that is looking after me and, 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 and trying to be positive. He was a school teacher, an English school teacher. So he had access to lots of uh, children and lots of boys. And so I began to learn and see the signs of what was going on later on. So, but, you know, he innocently, he meets my parents or my mom and tells her he's going to look after me and take me to more meetings and pick me up. And, you know, there began the access he had to me, uh, full access. So, you know, started when he'd take me to, to Boy Scout meetings and then pick me up and take me home. And then, you know, started touching my leg and, you know, telling me how much he cares, how much he loves and, and then embracing me and, and all that kind of stuff and making me feel very, very special. And that led to, um, that led to acts of, you know, me having to do things with him. Uh, he started, uh, you know, my pants come down, uh, his pants comes down. And then um, I remember one day he, I was at his house after a meeting and he asked me to, you know, he gave me something to drink. It was alcohol. And so I guess he, you know, at that point he, he uh, maybe drink or, or in, offer the alcohol to me. So I drank and I'm around, uh, this is, you know, I'm 11, 12 years old. And then I wake up from that and he's on top of me. And then I realize that, you know, I think about, you know, it, it's interesting how when these things happen, you, you block them out or you tell yourself a story or you allow these things to happen and you are not present. And so I wake up from that incident. He's on top of me. And I realized that he had penetrated me and we, and he had sex with me. Yeah. And he'd, that was, he'd raped you, Stuart. He'd raped yeah, you. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to say he raped me. Yeah. Yes. So I, I, yeah, he raped me. And then I remember because after he raped me, he tells me, you know, he gives me a brand new coat and gives me all these things and tells me not to tell anyone. And then, you know, I'm confused at what's going on and 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 how to respond and and but I knew internally that something that happened was not right. It wasn't it, so I was living like this happens. I can't say anything because if I do say something, what are people going to say about me? Yeah. How am I going to be judged? Yeah. And he sets it up to where no one's going to believe me. And tells me if I tell anybody, he's going to kill me. Or better yet, he told me that if I told anyone, my twin brother would be separated from me. Yeah. And I'm in a home, I'm in a foster home. My parents give me up. 
And he tells me he's he is my he he is my my godfather. He used the term, I'm your godfather. And then goes to my mom and becomes my godfather. And then when, you know, several times on the way, on the home from Boy Scout camp, I mean Boy Scout meetings, we would go to Orchard Beach and he would um, yes, I guess rape me or or have sex with me and um introduce me to other men. And that was my my journey with him. Um, you know, and I began to be afraid of the dark. Uh, I couldn't sleep at night or monsters would come. And the only place I, I knew in my home, in my room, in my bed, I would I didn't feel safe. The only place I felt safe growing up and as going to Boy Scout camp and being away from him. But he would take me to camp. And on the way to camp, we would have to have sex. And he'd pick me up from camp and tell me how much he missed me. And we would have to have sex. Uh, he would uh, tutor me uh, and help me write my papers, but I would have to perform and do things for that. You would train. And, uh, you know, when I think about when I was, uh, I got the courage one day, uh, I'm in ninth grade, and I got the courage to tell my mom, uh, because I believed at that point that the only person who would believe me I could tell, I would tell her. So ninth grade, you would have been like 14, 14 years yes. old? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I get the courage because after this happened, everybody is telling me how great this person is in my life and how lucky I am to have him and, mm -hmm. and everything. So people believe in this story. And so I rehearsed this, this story like, Mom, Mr. Barnes is not a nice, nice guy. He's raping me and he's doing things to me. And, 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 you, and so I got the courage to tell her, and he drives me off after he did what he usually does to me on a Wednesday night. And I went upstairs to tell her and I froze. I couldn't get the words out. It's like I'm there, but the words could not come out. So I go in my room and I go, I'm going to tell her the next morning. And I lay in bed and I rehearse it again and again and get the courage to tell her. I wake up that next morning and my mother had a stroke. And she wasn't functioning. She's like, she wasn't even there. And, and so I couldn't tell her. And then she, she, she go to the hospital and then she, I went to see her and I'm crying, delivering papers. God, don't take my mom from me because I believe she's the only one that's going to save me. And then she dies two weeks later. Oh, Stuart. And then after, after she dies, he says to me, well, I'm going to now be your father. And he has greater access to me because he tells everybody, you know, I'm going to be Stuart's surrogate father. I live with my other sisters and brothers who are older, but I can't tell them because, you know, I, I live this life of shame. I'm living like two lives, a life of what he is doing to me. And then a life of being actively involved in school and sports. And, and so I'm, I, I have to like, you know, channel this like, who am I? Where am I? And and what am I to do? And he um, he ends up always being everywhere, everywhere. And I remember one day I'm in church. I go to church to see my pastor, and he's in the office. And the first time he went to my church, and uh, and he's sitting in there, and it's like, oh my God, he's trying to take the church away from me. 
And then I, I, I froze because I wasn't wondering whether he was doing something with the pastor. And so as, for a moment there, I was confused and I didn't know what to do. But I, 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 I didn't jump to conclusions. I, I didn't lose my respect for the pastor, but, he, but he, he tried to take that away from me. When I was dating girls, he made sure that um, he took me to their homes and picked me up and met their parents. So everyone in my life knew him. And because he wanted to make sure that I couldn't tell or that he was there and, and they were lifting him up. So if yeah. I was to say anything, how dare I? Yes. So you you basically, because there's a lot of important threads here. So we're going to go back a little bit, Stuart, because I think it's important for our survivor family watching. You're doing great, by the way. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up. Um that you know you you talked about all the screaming and I just want to point out there are four specific groups that get groomed and in this case this pedophile uh groomed all of them so he groomed you through flattery then through bribery and then manipulation and fear your twin brother he groomed your foster mum by trying to impress her and take the load off her through, you know, sharing, spending time with you. He groomed the community by being the one that was dropping you off to the Boy Scout, you know, experiences and being involved in your life and being a father figure. And then society had had grooming or enabled him to groom as well because what does society say or used to say about the Boy Scouts of America? Great organization, let your children go. It's a wonderful experience. So you see, four out of four, my friend, that you didn't stand a chance. He had every aspect of that covered. And you know, for you, you you and I just want our survivors watching, please understand that because there's a myth out there that grooming only occurs with the child. 100% wrong. The bigger group by far are usually the parents. Think about it. And yeah, because I often wondered why didn't all the adults around me yes. see something? Yes. And to this day, I always ask that question, or I believe somebody saw something, but they didn't have the courage to say something or do anything. Because all, all they had, because I know that he lived in an apartment building. And the woman under him had to have known what's going on. The people next door to him had to know what's going on because how do you have so many boys coming in and out of your house and so many men and he gets divorced and how does his wife not know what's going on? And then I blame myself for his divorce. Of course you I, do. Yeah, I blame myself because I'm thinking, wait a minute, he's getting divorced and I'm the reason why. Yes. But she didn't rescue me. She left out of the equation, but she could have left and come back in to stop him from doing what he was doing. But you see how manipulative and clever he was because he had the neighbor underneath and the neighbors beside completely entranced. Most, most pedophiles are described, aren't they? I'm being a generalizing here, but charming, Everyone thinks he's the most helpful, approachable. Yeah, because he's, he's in the choir, he's singing, 
and he's a church going person. He's a yeah. teacher. And he has, he, so everyone's looking up to him as if he's doing so many things to help young people. Yeah. So I, I, I see that. And I think that's really powerful. And I, I, I had to interrupt you with that because I think that's important for, for survivors to realize because there can be confusion. You know the old saying, Stuart, or it's it's not so old, but the saying I, I find to be true with us as survivors is this. We don't grow up hating the abuser. We grow up hating ourselves. Yes. And, and for us as survivors, self-love is the hardest thing to find because we couldn't trust our instinct and follow it we weren't allowed to yeah we, we grow up hating ourselves or and we don't trust others no we don't let others in because we have this big secret yes and if others find out who we really are we lose them and the last thing we want to do is lose someone who we believe is has a positive relationship that that they cultivate with us so we're in that Here's a person who's abusing us and doing all these things to us that they position themselves to where we need them. And then the people who, are, the other group of people who aren't abusing us, we're conflicted. We can't, really can't trust them because we fear we'll lose them. And I fear that if anyone knew or found out, then I would be persona non grata. I'd be, they wouldn't believe me because he, he, made, he made sure that that was the case. Yes. And to this day, you've raised another really valid point, I think, that to this day, if, if you put a child and an adult in front of other adults and say sexual abuse occurred, guess what? The majority of the adults will still believe the adult. Yes. In 2023, nearly 2024. Mm -hmm. And yet we know, don't we, Stuart, that the only advantage to a child ever finding the courage to speak is just so the abuse will stop. Yes. And, you know, and, and one of the most horrible things happened to me with him is he introduced me to 11 other men. And so not only am I having to perform for him, I'm having to perform for other people. And one of those other men was an executive in scouting. And that person, um, I had to call and say to him, I'm 16 years old, that I have pain. And he said, what do you mean I have pain? I said, I have pain. And so he said, well, I described what it was, and I looked it up, and I had gonorrhea. So he says, well, meet me in New York City. Now, I have to take a train from New Rochelle to New York City by myself to meet him at Grand Central Station so he can take me to his doctor. So I have to go to, with him to his doctor I don't know who this doctor is in Greenwich Village and get a shot. And the trauma of having, and these guys tell me, oh, I love you. And, and, and he goes to the doctor, all these secrets and they're talking. And I feel like, wait a minute, I didn't know what the hell to do because I couldn't, no one knows what's going on. And I fear that if I got caught going to New York at that age, on a train by myself. And so I, you know, and, and, he, and, it, it was like one of the most horrible experiences I've had as a child to be able to to admit that I had gonorrhea and then and then and then the secret of having it taken care of 
so we could go on and he could do what he needed to do. So, you know, again, that that trauma for you and you were trafficked because you, you know, please share with us, what did your, um, what did he actually get for sharing you with other men? Because it would have been something. What did he get? Yeah, was it money? Was it booze? Was it pills? Was it, what did he get out for it? Well, I think he, well, he had this circle of friends. And so he got the attention from his friends. He was able to, you know, like, like he was sort of like the ring leader in that sense, you know, like he was grooming, not only he was grooming these other men. Yes. And giving them what they wanted. And probably he was working to where they couldn't tell either and creating more safety around him to what he was doing. So what a master manipulator. And um, Stuart, I, I hope you're not shocked to realize that you were trafficked, even if they came to his home. I'm so Yeah, because then, then I had to go to their homes. Yeah. And so, yeah, he, he, he did traffic me or, 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 or he could prostitute me out. And, you know, so... How can I tell that? Because it gets worse and worse. It's like, okay, we start with him and then there's other layers. And then I end up um, just confused or, or, or more pushed in, in the corner of silence and fear that if anyone was to find out what was happening to me, then I would lose everything I had. Yes, and therein lies the answer, and I'm not going to let you off the hook. <laughs> Repeat after me. I was a child of 11. I was a child of 11. Yeah. You mean who, 11 abusers? Who, 11 years old. Sorry, but what power did you have? No, I, I had no power. I had no power. Oh. So let's you know, get... I had no power, but also... I always I feared rejection because my parents gave me away. Yes, or my parents gave me up. So now I ha I have this notion. I grew up when I found out I'm in a foster. So I have this notion of rejection. And so if someone gives me attention or someone is puts a hand out to help me, what am I going to do? So you know, grab I, it I used, hold on I, I used to blame myself. So what child would not want to be loved, to be cared, to be treated special? Every child deserves that and needs that. And for a child not to have it, it's not a healthy thing. So here's a person in my life who I had this void, who manipulated the situation and took advantage of me so they could give me what I needed, but nothing was wrong with me. It was every child's you know, wish to have someone to love. And... And and so he so he he took advantage of all that, but he knew how to pick us out. Of course he did. So I'm going to stop you right there because we're coming to the end of part one. Believe it or not, who knew <laughs> you were such a chatty Kathy? No. So look, Stuart, the point is this: just as we're finishing up part one, as as survivors of this horror, we naturally take responsibility or assume uh, that it was our fault and the reason we do that is because as children 
we need the adult. We can't navigate life without an adult. So it's no surprise we can't afford to turn them bad or make them wrong. We only option is to turn it within. Does that make sense? So I think for survivors, yeah. if you're holding on to any self responsibility or blame, stop it now. And Stuart would support me in that. So look, lovely ones, just as we're coming to the end of part one. Wow, wait till part two, isn't he great? Hey, you're welcome. No, seriously though, you guys, you know, he's already talked about how um, when he looked at this this person that was abusing, who then very quickly, it seems, then got 11 other men involved, one of whom was an executive of the Boy Scouts of America. You know, really, we're, we're going to come back to this. But in the meantime, always know, I see you, I stand beside you, and I believe you. Thank you.